are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hey, my name is Mara Gale, and I'll be hosting a six-part series entitled The Alignment. I am hoping at the end of this six-part series, you will be better connected. You'll be more aware of where you are, what you're doing, how you're supposed to do it. You'll be structured more so with goals and things in mind so that you can accomplish the things that you say you want to do. I'm excited about this series because it's hopefully going to put in place all the pieces that you've been missing. And it's also gonna remind you that you're not alone. This is a common situation that most people or a lot of people I should say, are not feeling as grounded or as connected or present in situations where we're being pulled in so many different ways. And so this first episode is called disconnected. We're going to unpack what actually is at the root of it, how it starts, some of the outliers that actually cause it to be perpetuated. And in in this episode, I get to interview my husband and have a conversation with him. And I want you to think about some of these questions. You know, are you more concerned about what people think of you than you are about what you think of yourself. Do you value other people's opinions more than you value your own opinion of yourself or better yet, what and who God says you are? These are some of the things that we're going to dive into that I want you to be aware of so that when we come to them, you can find out how you identify with them. Also, a lot of people feel lost because they have a distortion or a distorted view of who they are. And so we're going to unpack some of these things so that you can actually find out where on this path you've maybe gotten off track so that we can help you get back on track. And then we close out the segment with some call to action, some things that you can actually do to help you identify your purpose in order to get back on track and better yet, get plugged back in with God. So stay on board, stay on for the ride. Again, it's a six series, a limited series entitled The Alignment. And my husband, Pastor Gerald January, is my very first guest. So how about we get to it right now? My guest today is Pastor Gerald January Sr. He's the senior pastor of Vernon Park Church of God. He's the author of several books, one of which is A Messed Up Ride or A Dressed Up Walk, Second Time. He's also one of the speakers slash teachers on a UMI, which is Urban Ministry Inc. and HarperCollins. They just recently launched a program entitled Urban Faith Study Speakers. And he's one of the featured pastors on that particular platform, as well as the founder of the Urban Block Party and the visionary of Vernon Park Village. I'm super excited to welcome him to the conversation, he and his wealth of information and insight. And I'm sure you're going to be blessed by him as well. I'll be bringing him on next. Well, to start off, disconnect means to break a connection. Mm. So it probably starts right there. And and the whole thought is, is that folks were connected to something or connected 
inner in their inner being or whatever else. Mm-hmm. There's a study that was done, and I, I think they gave a lot of good answers. So I'm going to just borrow five of them and we'll just borrow them. Yes. Uh, the first one is that people feel lost because they have uh, lost their connection mm-hmm. with their heart and their soul. And they oh, may have wow. things, but their heart and their soul aren't connected like they used to be. And it's very, very common during the pandemic. This is wow. nothing um, that you should be ashamed of because it's happened and it's happened to this generation like it's never happened before. So sometimes um, I like to say we get kind of, we kind of drift off into the deep water and water represents things you can see, you can touch, you can feel, but you can't control it. So it's like, if it snows outside, you can shovel it. But if it floods outside, you you just got to go with the flow, so to speak. So uh, it's in times like this, Mara, when mm-hmm. people kind of lose touch yeah. uh, with the shore or the home base or their faith or their purpose or whatever else, mm-hmm. and they and they get what I call ungrounded. Wow. And, uh, when they when people become ungrounded, they become very, 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 very uh, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like being out in space when you're used to being on the ground. Yeah. And you have gravity to hold you down. Yeah. And once you get up to outer space. Uh, this thing called weightlessness. Mm-hmm. It's exciting at first, but the reality is it's not natural for us humans. And so what's happening with a lot of folks, especially, it's, it's an odd thing because <laughs> it, it seems to be that that group that's between the 20s and 40s okay. where it's affecting them the most. The younger people, they're still forming what they are and everything. So they're mm-hmm. learning how to adjust. The older people, they've been in this thing long enough. They know that things will come back around and some things are just muscle memory. For but you have a group that uh, seems to be sliding into a, into deeper depressions. There's so much suicide, so much hopelessness. And, right. and uh, people, matter of fact, I saw a news report earlier this week where there's this uptick in drug addiction during the last two and a half years. Wow. Um, and so we in America, we're not used to this type of being ungrounded. We have these normal ways of doing yeah, things. Yeah. And if anything uh, that's happened last two and a half years, it, things aren't normal. Yeah, it's it's what we call a new normal, but yeah. it's not normal. Why we call it a new normal, but it's not normal. And you're absolutely right. You know, we're used to our routines. We're mm-hmm. used to the things that we're used to doing and right. doing them when we're, you know, if it's the gym, if it's yeah. going to certain restaurants, if yeah. it's uh, spending time with friends, if it's going to the movie theater, if it's right. going on dates. Uh, we are a, a society who's very used to our routine. And we do not like things to break up our routine. And so, as you mentioned, you know, don't feel embarrassed about it, but please acknowledge it because it doesn't go away just because you don't talk about it or pay attention to it. It is constant, it is consistent, and it will cripple you. Mm -hmm. And it has caused, uh, you know, I believe, you know, as we've been hearing in in the media, a lot of suicides. Yeah. Um, and, and not that suicide is a new thing now, but it seems like it's, it's coming there more rapidly. Been, there has been an increase. An increase, an uptick, you know, not to mention, you know, I mean, we won't go off into a tangent about it, but, you know, domestic abuse, abuse is up and, and abuse in the homes are up. And, and a lot of people are feeling pressure because you aren't leaving your house to go to work anymore, or you don't feel valued at your job. And those kinds of things will make or can make someone turn to a vice, alcohol or drugs, promiscuity or things of that nature. But none of those things will actually fix or solve that problem. And so when you talk about uh, people being disconnected and 
and and and losing the connection kind of heart and soul connection and not being grounded it's like people don't know what's real anymore people don't know um if there's an end in sight we're used to uh, if there's an impending end we know when it's going to happen but this has been going on for way longer than anybody hoped not longer than most people anticipated or i should say predicted but we do not see an end in sight. And even though we have these momentary uh, interludes of freedom, so to speak, or you know, being able to go in and out of a place or not wear a mask or whatever, we still know that our new norm will be wearing these masks right. for a while. If you want to be safe, I mean, because America is American, we have this mentality to many of us that we're going to force Norm, norm, normality back. You know, yeah. I'm not going to wear a mask, and I'm like, okay, fine. It's a very hot it. button issue. Yeah, it's a it's hot a- button issue, but it, 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 in reality, is you can't force anything when things are undetermined. You can't. Right. You can't, can't make it. It's yeah. like when you talked about the flood outside. Yeah. You it floods. It floods. You know, yeah. if it if it storms, a tsunami's coming your way. Yeah. You know, you there's not a whole lot you could do. Earthquake. You can't do anything but try to brace yourself. And so, I believe the goal should be that we should try to be as safe as possible. So in talking about being disconnected, the best way for us to feel safe in that mm-hmm. is to get ourselves connected, yeah. which is- To reconnect. Is to reconnect. And, and, and reconnect at the level and the depth that you can. Yes. And, and understand how wonderful that is. Yeah. Because what that do, if, even a little normal mm-hmm. is better than no normal at all. Even a little gravity or a little oxygen or a little light is better than dark, complete Ooh, darkness. A little money is better than no money. money. Can, I, can I get an amen, amen. Pastor? <laughs> it's, it's being poor and it's being broke. It's two yeah, different two things. different things. Yeah. Two different things. Yeah. And and so let's let's explore this a, a little bit more. Kind of um, unpack maybe the next layer of this. Um, you know, you talked about being ungrounded and being vulnerable. I do want to mention something about vulnerability because you did say that the older communities kind of used to it, but but the seniors mm-hmm. are not. No. This is devastating for them. And, <clears throat> you know, not being able to have their grandchildren or children visit them with regularity and mm-hmm. things of that nature and, and, and knowing nothing like this has ever existed for them, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, back in the day there was polio and things like that, but we've come so far that they mm-hmm. haven't had to have that present danger, right. you know, right, right now. And so seniors are really getting um, disoriented. And when I speaking of seniors, I'm not talking about like us in our earliest senior <laughs> phase, but I'm talking, you know, our seasoned, seasoned seniors, mm-hmm. 80 and well older. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, they, they do have one advantage is that they do have the history they can call back and they, they have, uh, the fact that they've lived a majority, some people might say, of their life, so they mm-hmm. have they have that they can call on. But it's still, in in those golden years, right. uh, you want to be able to redeem some of the gold. Yeah, and so. and for those those seniors who wanted to travel, you know yeah. what I mean. A lot of that's just been stopped. So yeah. do not keep putting off <laughs> what you want to do, where you want to go, yeah. thinking, oh, when I retire, or, oh, when I'm this age, or we don't know. We have no control over our future, but we have control over today. And so today we say, get connected. We're going to give you some steps on how to get connected and stay connected, but let's continue just yeah. kind of exploring this, yeah, this so topic. There, there's, the, there's the disconnection of heart and soul. Then there's uh, some people live their lives based on uh, 
what other people think mm. far too much. Now we're all affected by public opinion, right? Especially in this generation to a certain oh, yeah. degree. Social even, media. <laughs> even if you don't want to be. Right. Know. They'll talk about you. Uh, however, when our lives become the playground for other folks to play on oh. and we allow them to play on it and they define everything in our lives, we lose perspective. Yeah. We lose balance. We also can lose confidence because um we live our lives based on what other people think. I yeah. mean, it's hard sometimes to keep a, a, a handle on what you think. Uh, and folks are so so strange and bizarre to try to try to actually drive at the same level, the same uh, avenues others. It, it really causes folks to get off track. Yeah, and and because we you're want to be being, popular. We want yeah. to be popular. Yeah, I but- do. You want to be popular, but the, the reality is when other people start putting their things on you, um, they could be putting, like, say you want to launch a business, and, and because that person has failed five times, they're telling you, you can't, you know, so it's things like that, these naysayers who really don't know what's going on in your world or in your life can cause you to become um, less confident. Right. Then, then you used to be lose perspective right. of what God may have told you to do that he didn't copy somebody else on the memo and he didn't right. three-way call them in to have the conversation with them. Right. And then the balance piece that you mentioned, it can take you off your guard. You can literally, you can, you, you can get so in your head about what other people think of you right. that your workplace gets out of whack, your home life gets out of whack, which mm-hmm. can cause your finances to get out of whack and your social life to get out of whack. It, everything is a delicate balance, you mm-hmm. know, and one, one thing out of order can cause the whole thing to crumble. So it's very important that we never put other people's opinions over uh, our, our own reality. If people can remember, uh, sometimes it's difficult because like you said, social media is taking over that your public career and your private life, you may be the same person, but it's not the same realities. Right. And that's and true. What you have to be in the public and what you are in your the privacy of your own home or privacy of your own mind. Mm-hmm. Those are two totally different things. Both true. of us have public lives. I'm a pastor, you're an actor. And, and, and people judge us by how we, uh, how we recite our lines or how we perform on stage. But I've told people, especially young ministers, you got to divide your public ministry from your private life because people begin to think that you are that person on right. stage because you're not. He's not. I'm, I'm not that guy. I'm not. You know. You're right. It doesn't mean not to be confused with your character. Yeah. Now, yeah. your character goes with you wherever you are. If you have character, let's start and mm-hmm. stop right there. Right. Because that's going to be your compass for what you're convicted by, uh, what you will and will not do. Because when the cameras and the lights aren't on me, mm-hmm. I'm still me because I, God is still watching me. I don't care if y'all not watching me. That's just, that's fine. But God is always watching both of us. And so it's imperative that you be who you are in terms of being who God created you to be. But in terms of him, for example, he's an introvert. Um, and on stage, you never know that. But you, I can see it. I see when you get up, you walking up on the stage. I can see when the Holy Spirit mm. uh, arrests him, so to speak, and that he's no longer in control of the mouthpiece, the microphone of his of his mind. He is, un, he's submitted under the anointing. And 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 the same goes for me. You know, we have this 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 phrase. I go, I wish I could cry on cue. You know, I have to really work up some tears. Um, but in real life. <laughs> 
just cry in a minute. I could cry in a heartbeat. You know, if things that mean something to me dearly, I could cry thinking about certain things. And so that's a difference between my public life and my personal, one of the things that are different. Right, right. So, so, so again, you know, you can't live your life based on what other people think. Obviously, you know, like I said before, there's public opinion and that right. type of thing. But the truth of the matter is, is that you are who you are wherever you go. Now, yeah. your job may call out a gift or a talent. People hire you for certain things. Mm-hmm. But when you when you come home, you're not hired. You're living. You know? Can I get an amen on that? Amen on that. So, so Life yeah. ain't for hire. Yeah. Life is for living. Yeah. I said that. You can quote me. That's a Maraism right there. Life ain't for hire. Life is for living. Okay, so we have those two. The, mm-hmm. the third one is that people, and it's really related to the second one, but people okay. feel lost in life because of, uh, they value the opinions of other people more than they value their own opinion. Wow. And it's related. That's but, a doozy. But, yeah, but the key word is value. Oh, yeah. Value means the regard that something is held to deserve or the importance or the worth. Or I think I like that better. The usefulness of something. Mm. And unfortunately, there's so many people that place a higher value on what others think about them than what they think 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 about themselves. themselves. They don't value their own life. So they wait to see uh, if their life is on sale or it's, it's, you know, if it's top shelf, but they only, they only determine that by how other people value them and they don't have their own self-worth before they walk in the door. And that's a dangerous place. I mean, if you don't know, if you don't know what your value is, you'll sell yourself, not just short, you'll give yourself away. Yeah, and it happens a lot. Oh my gosh, totally. It happens in workplaces where you know your value, but someone's demeaning you, taking advantage of you. It happens in relationships where spouses or couples or something like that, uh, where the person doesn't value you. And so at some point, Uh, there's abuse or misuse or or ill treatment or you're being they're they're out in the street doing whatever they're doing and messing around on yeah. you and you're at home that's a lack of value and what when we're talking about valuing yourself we're not saying be conceited be uh stuck up right. be all totally we're different. be all of that we're saying be confident be aware and 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 know what you bring to the table, and I, I you know I, I say it in a minute. I bring the table to the table, <laughs> you know, and 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 know what you're sitting across from, and that doesn't mean that you can't uh, be around people that may not view themselves in the same way you view yourself. However, it is impossible to be associated with me personally. And, and and not want to rise to the occasion because I'm a master motivator. I'm gonna motivate you to be whatever I see in you. And, and, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna try. I remember a friend that reminds me, I have a friend who told me, you know, you see more in me than I see in myself. Mm. You want more from me than I want for myself. Mm. And when she said that, I was taken back because I always, I loved accountability. I loved people that challenged me and pushed me to my greatest self, my full potential. That's who I love to be surrounded by. And when this friend, former friend said this to me, I immediately, I, I, my mind went to, oh my gosh, I've been digging her out her whole life. Mm -hmm. And this is as good as it gets for her. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, so so I say that to say 
when you're disconnected in friendships, disconnected in relationships, it can also get you off balance. Yeah, but, but one of the things that we have to uh, realize today, this is a taught trait mm. for most people. And the Bible talks about training up a child in the way they should go. So when they're older, they won't depart from uh-huh. it. But part of creating uh, self-worth in people is you start when they're young, before they're six years old. Yeah. Um, and again, it's not it's not being teaching them to be stuck up or anything, um, but it's teaching them to understand their own worth, their own value. It's, mm-hmm. it's something that because they're not going to get it on TV. Uh, they'll no. they'll think that value is wrapped up in jewelry or wrapped up in in and uh, videos, videos and naked and, clothes. And, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, all things, kinds of things stuff. Things have have absolutely nothing to do right. with character, right? And so, so character like 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 values they're taught. And so, as parents yeah. and grandparents and pastors and yeah. teachers and whoever else, we all have uh, I think some responsibility when when is when it's available to us to add some ingredients into. Uh, the recipe for for these this younger generation because yeah. if not we we see what's happening unfortunately in many cases in America uh, a lot of our young people don't even know the uh, the opportunities they have right they, you know, right they feel entitled which is another and part blowing it. which yeah which is why uh, there is so much um, or so many people being disconnected because when the when the heads of households are disconnected and then the seeds from the household are disconnected, mm-hmm. the streets are disconnected, the community is disconnected because nobody is really plugging into the source. Nobody is really uh, taking the time to make sure they're, char- they're charging. We're charging our phones more than we're charging our brains, our batteries, our spirit. And that's a travesty. You know, we right. feed our body three to five, three to four meals a day, you know, a couple of snacks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But how often do we feed our spirit, man? Mm-hmm. How often do we feed our intellect? And so that's another way that we continue to be disconnected. And back to the the story, the um, <clears throat> reality of value, God values us. He made us valuable. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I, I have friends who also can't speak about, you know, what their assets are. You know, have you ever had people who right. you say, hey, tell me, tell, tell, tell them, the, yeah, tell the audience about yourself. And they cower, they, yes. they shrink. And, and, and that's because in their mind, talking about their, their worth, their accomplishments or their value uh, is to them like being conceited or like being pompous or like pushing something and nothing could be further from the truth when solicited to talk about your value or when being asked to share a little bit about yourself. The opposite is true. You're giving people an opportunity to get to know you, to learn more information about you and to see where you might relate so that the windows can be open for God to do what? Use you. Because we say every day, what? If you could use anything, Lord, use me. Order my steps, Lord. All of these things we say, but we really don't mean it. Because when you go out in the street, that's not what you're doing. Yeah, when I, you know, I think one of the most, the biggest tragedies in, in this generation is when you ask somebody, tell me about yourself. And they tell you about the things they have. They don't tell you about themselves. Wow. Or they say, I don't like talking about myself. Well, mm-hmm. if you can't tell your own story. Yeah, who can? Who can? As a matter of fact, if you don't know your own story, somebody's going to make up one for you. Oh, yeah. And theirs is going to be salacious, <laughs> even if yours wasn't. <laughs> right. So so, so that's what we have for Disconnected so far. We have, you know, our first, y'all know me, I like to kind of go back and unpack it, but I'm not going to unpack it. We, we, The first part is that um, P- 
people feel out of line or disconnected. And uh, when they feel that way, they feel that way because of their lost connection uh, with their heart and their soul. Um, and then also you talked about their, um, their, their, their lives are based on what other people think, you know, which is, you know, really unfortunate because people are always going to think things about you, good or bad or indifferent. And so you've got to know who you are, what you bring to the table, um, what you what you, what you represent because other people, like you said, they'll tell your story. And then you talked about people feel lost because they value the opinions of others more than their own, which is a lack of self-esteem, a lack of confidence, a lack of identity. And that can only come from not knowing who you identify with. God made us in his image. And so if I'm made in the image of God, then I already have my identity. It's in Christ. My goal is to, is to fully formulate who I am under the auspice slash umbrella of Christ. You know, if I'm a Christian, I'm Christ-like. So you got to know these things going in. And so I thank you for breaking all of those, all of those down, how, how our opinions of others and, 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 and how we uh, value other people's opinions more than our own. Okay, well, let me give you two more real quick. Uh, the next one is that many people feel lost in life because they're ruled by fear. Now, this is going to be a little difficult for some people, but uh, there are others who go, yeah, because one of the greatest energies in America now mm -hmm. is fear. Fear. Fear is like doubt. Um, it's not grounded often, uh, a lot of times in reality, is it, grounded in what could possibly happen. Wow. And so that's scary. Yeah, it is. So the idea of what might happen is more consuming than what, what did is happen. or did. Oh, yeah. Or what and is that happening. happens. That happens. Yep. And it blows my mind because, in, in, and you know, I'm in like an eternal optimist when it comes to things. I'm like, Somebody says something negative. I'm really thinking they meant it in a positive way. But if you allow your mind to already predict something bad's going to happen, you got to feel that bad now. If it's going to come, you're already going to feel it later. So why not feel it that time, that one time when it comes? I'm not going to dwell and, and fixate on what's coming down the road. I can't control it. It's like the, the flood. It's like the tornado or the earthquake. I can't control that. It's like gas prices. You know, I used to tell people, hey, I can't control gas prices. I got to get gas. So I'm going to fill up and put gas in my car. Right. I'm not going to see, oh, it's on 325 over here or it's 450 over here. I got to get gas. I'm not going to, I'm not just going to obsess over it. That doesn't mean I'm going to waste my money. That just means I'm not going to waste that kind of bandwidth on something I can't fix. The same thing should go for people when, when we're talking about, um, you know, being ruled by fear. You know, there's that whole phrase, false evidence appearing real. It, it's, it's, it's that. And it's, it's also the mind. Yeah. Well, well and, and, and full disclosure, the last three years, um, there's been a cloud over the world that our generation, at least Americans, have not. Um, and you, when you say before. our generation, because the, the our listeners are all different all ages. ages, so give the age bracket that sure. you're referencing from, one, from from five years old to ninety five years old. I okay. mean, we, we have not had the type of disease or pandemic, yeah, um, in America since the it's what 1921 20 something yeah, yeah 22 so so this is foreign so so this is foreign to us yeah there's been there's been disease there's been problems there's been issues 
but this is this is a drive-by that that's not related to gun control. Mm-hmm. It's nobody dropping an atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. These aren't terrorists. Mm-hmm. This is just somebody. It's something in the air that you cannot see. Yeah, and, an invisible enemy, yeah. and, which and, is more terrifying yeah. than the enemy who's coming with the with the gun. So we're talking approximately a million Americans. I'm not talking about just just in the United just, States. Yeah, at the time are, of this taping, who have unexpectedly died. There's so much yeah. unexpected grief. Yeah, and and then there's those that have had the disease and recovered from it, but are going through long term. Oh yeah, they call crisis. them the long haulers. Yeah, yeah, and so 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 it's not being mugged. You're being mugged by life. So I I, I understand why people are afraid, but there's an old saying. Um, that I did not say, but uh, I forget who said it, but he, he said, everything that you want is on the other side of fear. Well, Ooh, I love it. But, but this is not a molehill for many people. This is a, this is a mountain, mountain range. Mm. It's not just a mountain. I actually live mm. in Colorado and, and there's something about the mountains that's beautiful, but they're daunting. And unlike people have never seen a mountain, you don't just go up a mountain, especially when you're driving, you got to go around a thousand times to finally get to the top. Get there, yeah. And so, so the reality is, is that there's the known, there's the unknown, there's COVID-19, there's the variants, there's Omicron, there's Delta, and, you know. And other stuff that we don't even know coming exactly, down the pike. Exactly. And coupled with, you know, the isolation and not being in community, not bonding or hanging with friends or socializing more. And those who wanted to date can't date. I mean, there's a lot of variables and not to make this a Debbie Downer situation, but we're trying to share with you, our listeners, that you're not alone and you're not the only one feeling this. Mm -hmm. There is a shift that's taking place around our country. And dare I say around the world that people are just not feeling vibrant, not feeling engaged, not feeling connected, not feeling present, not feeling fully in any one area. It's like, I can go to the restaurant, but I go, oh, shoot, I left my my mask in the car. Or I can go into the store. Oh, man. You know, I wonder, you know, it's just so much. It's, it's, It's what you talked about to me one day about high alert or something you were talking mm-hmm. about you know being on high alert we're on all guard time. like all, all the, time. the time can you imagine mm-hmm. if there was a fire drill in your building of employment every day or if the smoke alarm went off in your house 25 times a day not because the battery needs changing but because there's the hint or the whiff of smoke or if if you were driving every time you got in your brand new car the red light check engine comes on i mean that 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 or or your spouse or mate once tells you every time you see them, you know, I think we should end the relationship. There's this heightened feeling of an impending end or danger. And so it causes people to operate in a place of, of orange, you know, like this is orange alert. And that's not a place we were meant to be in for a sustained period of time. Yeah. I mean, fear is a, is a common part of life, but the scripture does say, because the Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. But it's our that, love and a sound, sound mind. But does not say there is not a spirit of fear. Right, which meant God knew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there are things to be afraid of. Yeah, there's but, no temptation. But, but when you're knew. ruled by it, mm-hmm. um, that, that becomes such a mental burden. Yeah, it cripples you. That it cripples not just you, but those around you yeah. as well. And, you know, let me let me bring this up because I know this, you know, to be something that was, and I, uh, that was a struggle for you that I believe could speak to and or help our listeners uh, fear sometimes in the mind, right? Mm -hmm. There's the battle of the mind. And some people don't just have the fear of 
when a bill comes in and they they know they can't pay it and what that's going to mean but it's it's what it does to the mind if the IRS is sending you a bill or saying they want to audit you your mind could be way worse than anything the audit would ever be like and so i know you've had experience with this personally can you talk to those who may be struggling with the battle of the mind because i find that to be one of the strongest strongholds uh that that cripple hinder or enable, uh, cause people to not be able to go forward, move, or do the things they're supposed to do? Well, fear, fear basically is mental. It affects the rest of the body, but it starts, it starts in the mind. I mean, I've, I've, I've been around violence in my life, my younger life, and so there Justifiably, was, listen, yeah, he's got yeah. a mental fear for a reason. When he was uh, almost three years old, he uh, witnessed his mom being murdered. Right, and so, so that, that, that kind of structured me a certain way it made me cautious uh most of my life and actually no one knew i actually saw the murder until i was about 12 13 years old and and his father did it Mm -hmm. so so now you have this uh this fear because you saw blood and a person die Mm -hmm. or dying and then you find out that your hero Mm -hmm. is the one that did it so 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 mentally that's a lot to deal with yeah It, it, it actually also Part of fear is trust. Yeah. I mean, trusting God is difficult when you're afraid, you know, even though God said, I, I got you. There's one thing to being cautious, but, but fear is a totally different thing yeah. because too much fear even begins to affect your, your growth. It, yeah. it affects your organs. It yeah. affects your blood pressure. That's affects- also when, when, when they were in the uh, encampments um, in um for the, 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 the hog during the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and that's part of why animals, they don't, they, animals being slaughtered, knowing they're going to a slaughterhouse, you know, there's, there's, there's fumes or gases that come inside your body right. when you know death is near, you know, and, and, and so it'll kill you. You can kill yourself or poison yourself right. for the fear of fear. Right. Yeah. I mean, as I said earlier, fear is like doubt, doubt, fear, yeah. worry, yeah. Uh, they, they, you, they tend to have the same effect on us, yeah. but they're all mental. Yeah. I mean, doubt is not a broken leg. No. Fear is, fear, fear is not a twisted ankle. Right. Uh, it basically, it's, 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 it's how we see our reality. Yeah. And yes, there are some things that, you know, uh, fear can be healthy. Somebody says it's a healthy fear, but that's, well, there, that's I have a healthy fun. fear of God. Mm-hmm. Like I have a healthy fear of God. Yeah, but that, I don't, that, I don't. that fear is actually defined as being awestruck. You know, yeah. having a respect of uh, mm-hmm. what, what we're talking about is being so afraid that you're almost paralyzed. Yeah, you can't go forward. Catatonic. You can't. You can't. You can't have new relationships. You right. can't. You know. So so. And again, let me say this again. You are not alone. You no. are not crazy. No. You're basically learning how to um, how to go forward. And, and what for many of us are is a new reality. And that phrase, do it afraid. Mm. Do it afraid. There are some things you may want to do. You've been wanting to accomplish some places you've been wanting to go. You know, when, when this pandemic first started, there were people who wouldn't leave their houses. They were so afraid mm. to leave their house. Now, granted, we didn't know exactly what we were dealing with, but you should not live in fear to the point that you can't function. Don't let fear stop you from functioning. Uh, and so sometimes you have to do something afraid in order to make sure that you take the next step and put one foot in front of the other and continue 
to go exactly. forward and and reach exactly. your goals. All right, so we've 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 kind of gotten that one out. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah um, we hung out there. But fear is a big one. It's a huge. That we needed to kind of take our time unpack that real. one. All these are real, but that's, these that's, are that's yeah, they're one. all real. But this one because it's um you can't touch it. It's like sand or water mm-hmm. between your hands and fingers. It always seems to just escape. It's right. there, but then it's not there. It's in the air, but then it's not. It's in your mind. You know, I have this phrase just to to piggyback on this. I have this phrase. You know, on the car on the mirrors on the car it says objects in the mirror appear larger and that's because it needs to let you know that a car is coming up the car looks big in that mirror but it's not that close but they do that because if it gets that close it could hit you and I tell people all the time you know objects in your mind appear larger and so you have to be very careful of what you focus on what you keep in your mind because there's no space up there it's it's like if somebody was was doing those talking bubbles but all of a sudden bubbles multiplied like 10, 15, and they're growing bigger and bigger in your mind. Well, what happens? You can't even hear yourself breathe, let alone think your thoughts or think about what's coming. Your mind gets fixated. What you give your attention to will come and live in you. And what you don't, you will lose. Try not brushing your teeth for a year. You're going to lose your teeth. You'll probably lose some relationships. If you try, if you don't shower for a year, you'll lose some friends, you'll lose some relationships. But if you give your attention to something, it grows. And so be sure that you give your attention Pay attention to what you give your attention to. Be sure you give your attention to things that are worth it, that uh, take you forward and not back, things that help you and not hinder you. That's that's a great lesson for this whole uh, fear situation, right? It does. It's yeah. Really, um, and I, I know I, I know I've, I've re- we've really concentrated on that, and, and we have a time crunch here. But can I give you one more? Please, please. Uh, I, I think that people get disconnected or they feel out of source because they have a distorted sense of self. Mm. The, the word distort means to, to give a misleading or false account mm. or impression of. It kind of reminds me that uh, I grew up in Detroit mm-hmm. and every year uh, my, my, uh, my grandparents or um, some adult would take my brothers and I to the state fair and they would have these- The these, state fair? The state fair of Michigan. It was actually <laughs> in Detroit. And uh, we would go to the state fairgrounds on Woodward Avenue. And every year they'd have these weird mirrors. And you look in the mirrors and they would distort how you look. Sometimes oh, they, they still have those. And fatter and taller. Yeah. I'm, scared, I'm scared to even look at a mirror now. But no, anyway. They're but, at museums too. Yeah, yeah. They were at the Muhammad Ali Museum we went to That's recently. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. You did. Well, this same phenomenon happens sometimes when people see themselves mm. they get a distorted view of themselves wow it can make them ungrounded um i've known attractive people that believe they're unattractive me too because they don't they really don't see what's actually there yeah they have this false impression of their own when selves. they look in the mirror their eyes see something different exactly <clears throat> it reminds me of uh, people that are bulimic or anorexic right. you know um or 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 sometimes there's a, a very slender person who thinks they're thick and then other times there's a thick person who thinks they're thin um, or an attractive person that thinks they're unattractive or an unattractive person that thinks they're attractive and who knows the standards because who's to say who is and who isn't. Mm -hmm. But just to make a point that we we have a distorted view of ourselves a lot of times. Um, And I don't know if that comes from the whole 
new, I guess, 10 year, 12, 15 year phenomenon of social media. I mean, there's so much. I think, babe, that, I believe that's been so around much. for a long, I mean, because. But I think it's on steroids. Now. It is. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, it is people have always hiding. compared themselves. <laughs> right. But now, I mean, you got kids in third grade concerned about how they look compared yeah. to this person or that person. And it, and it doesn't help that you never have to take a bad photo ever again in life because there's an app for that. <laughs> you can tweak every picture. You can tweak everything you do, you know? And so those- And, and that's distorted. Yeah, because not it's really not you. really you. It's you enhanced. You know, I, you know, as an actress, we always took headshots and photos and you can, you can have them uh, retouched is what they're called. But we were always encouraged, never retouch your photo to the point that you don't look like that when you walk in a room. So if I happen to do a photo shoot and uh, um, a strand of hair kind of came across my face and I wanted it off my face, that's fine. If I've got, you know, smile lines, you don't want to erase your smile lines and make yourself look like you're 25. If you're 45, that's misleading to those that are going to see us. But but that's a part of what's going on from social media, uh, fat shaming people. You know, just the other day, the Super Bowl, for example, uh, uh, what's his name? 50 Cent. People fat shamed him. Um, you know, saying he had gotten thick or, or whatever. And, and we're used to, unfortunately, in this society, women getting body shamed, which is wrong, hecka wrong, has always been wrong and will always be wrong. And, and so for a male to have had it and, and, and I, you know, and how he had to go through it and handle it, it's just interesting that people have been um, emboldened to tell you about your weight or yourself, like they could walk a mile in your shoes, you know? Yeah, well, it was that was a good Super Bowl show, by it, the way. Was, One of the yeah, best, yeah, I must yeah. say. It was loud. Uh, anyway, loud. <laughs> you know, your TV's was, loud, even when you're it's, not it's, watching what, the Super Bowl. What's, what's interesting about that? Uh -huh. Dr. Dre said two days later, um, this guy was trying to actually interview him. He said we had to wait for Dr. Dre because he stopped by a fast food restaurant. He said, "Look, my trainer's gonna get upset." He said, "But I haven't eaten fast food in almost five months because wow. I didn't want to get on stage <laughs> at Super Bowl and be fat." He said, "But now that it's over." I had to stop and get me some fries because he was actually very, very sensitive about how big he had got. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, most performers, it's like there's a, a bit of vanity uh, it, when you when you have to present yourself in a certain way. And, you know, which is why plastic surgery is, you know, off the hook and off the chain in terms of how many people are doing it. <clears throat> but when you see yourself on TV or you perform on stage and you look a certain way and then five, 10 years later, you don't, you no longer look that way, <clears throat> excuse me, you start getting self-conscious and, and then, you know, you want to enhance it or fix it. And so those are always the temptation. It's always best to do some healthy things to ensure that you get yourself back on track. Mm -hmm. But, but that's a part of, you know, that value mm -hmm. that distorted self because we're all going to age. Everybody's going to age. And even those people that you look at that still look young, they've either had some work or they've lived a really, really good life. And when I say that, like people who've never drink, never smoke, exercise all the time, eat well, they may look more vibrant and more youthful because they put more into them and it wasn't a quick fix. This has like been their lifestyle, yeah. Yeah. you know? And you so, are what you eat, you know? Yeah, we yeah. really are what we eat. If you want you know, people complain about how high pharmaceutical drugs cost, but the reality is, um, I mean, I'm sorry, people complain about how high organic food cost 
or how it's expensive to eat healthier. And I say, well, when you go in to buy medicine, you're not just paying the exorbitant price or the cost of medicine, but you're also paying the price of what those medicines are doing to your body. That's a cost you really don't want. And that brings me back to God and what he has given us that are free. Like we have this distorted perception of ourselves, but we're made in the image of God. So how could that ever be a bad thing? How could that ever be an ugly thing? If I'm made in the image of my daddy, that means I look like my daddy, right? And so my goal becomes, how can I continue to reflect my dad in me everywhere I go? How can wherever I go and my footsteps travel, that my brother Jesus is cool with what I'm representing and my daddy God is like, that's my baby, that's my daughter, you know? And so that becomes the goal when I go into a store, when I go and my husband gets on me all the time because he says I'm super, super duper, duper friendly and I'm always talking to people or helping people or whatever but that's because it's in me I don't need to do it it's it's like breathing like how do you not how do I not say hello to somebody with a smile on my face I don't even know how to do that you know so all of those things are a part of why people have been feeling disconnected um uh not not uh plugged in uh feeling just not good you know so so we want you to know a you're not alone we want you to know it's not a figment of your imagination and we want you to know that there's a way to get yourself back on track and you're not weak you're just human yeah you're human and it's and this is a difficult different time we've never been in this situation ever before mm-hmm. uh, and and definitely never at this sustained amount of time you know it's it's been otherworldly really so 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 now that we've kind of gone through through that you know is this this little thing that happens in life let me ask you just another uh question is it really an issue of not being connected or is it an issue more of never having really been connected now let me let y'all catch that not being connected as in now like recent or or is it never really having been connected? Yeah. Were you ever connected to the power yeah. source? I think you, you're under something there because there are some folk who have never really been connected. Being mm. near something and being connected to it is Ooh, not the same thing. Like when they say, my grandmama was saved. Like, you know, you say, you say, my grandmama Christian. Like, that doesn't mean you get to heaven because yeah. your grandmama was yeah. saved. She up there, but what about you? Yeah, in Galatians, a few weeks ago, I preached about this. Uh, in Galatians 1, uh, the apostle Paul was astonished mm. how easy it was for some believers to abandon the faith in wow. Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, in Galatians 6 and 1, 1 and 6, excuse me, he uh, he said, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live My God. in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Wow. So unfortunately, the same can be said uh, in many instances today, the King James Version puts it this way. He said, I marvel that ye are so soon removed. Wow. And so, um, that unfortunately, mm-hmm. we've mixed up sometimes like uh, church attendance or church membership to, to Christianity, mm-hmm. to, to, to being a believer, to, to kingdom living. And if you're not really connected, it doesn't take much for you to change on a dime or switch to what is popular. That's what had happened 
uh, in Paul's time. He found out there were a group of, of quote-unquote believers or Christians that when this new gospel, this easier way to live mm-hmm. in church became available by guys who were preaching that sound like they were preaching the gospel, they were preaching something completely different that was not tied to the blood of Jesus and faith in Christ. It yeah. was something totally different. Yeah. So, so it also can answer why some people are feeling disconnected because maybe they weren't connected to, to what begin they, they weren't rooted. They, right. they, they were, they were in the garden, but never planted in it. You know, it reminds me of, you know, a palm tree. You know, when, when there's a hurricane or a tornado, you see houses blow by, trains and trucks, blow, but you never see a palm tree because their roots are so far down in the ground that they just bend with the wind and then they snap back. So if we would be more like palm trees and bend and snap back, I think we'd be better. And then you also reminded me of how there are times, oh gosh, I hate to say it, but there are times that people are in the middle of a sprinkling, a sprinkle shower, like somebody threw a little bit of water out the window and, oh Lord, the Lord don't love me or, oh, I'm doomed or, you know, God is not for me. You know, I tied, I blah, 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 blah. I'm like, whoa, you're in a shower. You're not in a rainstorm. You're not in a hurricane. You need to know the difference between shallow things and deep things. You need to know the difference between a rain shower and a storm. Because if you respond to every little sprinkle and shower as if it's a storm, when you get to a storm, it's going to break you. It's going to cripple you and it's going to enable you to know you're not going to be able to do anything. You've got to know where you are, locate where you are and locate what kind of a situation you're in. Every problem is not major. Every setback is not uh, 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 to the point of doom and gloom. You've got to know how to get yourself back on track and you've got to know and have perspective of what you're in, what's taking place, and then and, and then think about how you can get yourself out of this situation. And again, that comes from getting it out of your head, putting it on paper, because once things are on paper, they become more manageable. You know, once you can cross something off on your list versus keep it in your head and let it build up. You know, if you if I say I owe $50,000, you know, and it seems daunting to me, but if I look at it and I go, okay, my school loan is this and my car is that and my this is that. So maybe if I put 10 more on that or 100 more on that, or maybe if I if I sell some of the, the, the things that I have or my talents like they did in the Bible, maybe I can actually earn that, pick up another job or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if they're in your mind, they're crippling, they're paralyzing right. and you do nothing. Right. So that's, that's unfortunate and that people quickly think, you know, like, like when Paul was talking about that, they so quickly abandon, they'll, they'll turn from God when one bad thing happens. And it's like, whoa, he wakes me up. Like you're talking about somebody who fired you from a job and you're saying you tithe, you give you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's a job. God will give you another job. The things that are most valuable in your life are the things you can't buy, the things you can't hire, the things you can't. Uh, go to the things that are more valuable in your life your peace no matter how much dollar how much money you have how long your dollars are you can't buy peace you can't buy good health you can't buy joy you can't buy love all of these things are standard operating equipment that that can come on you but 
if you start minimizing those things, if you start thinking that a house will give you more joy or, or a big, a fancier car will give you more happiness, you have lost the point and you can always replace those things. But what God gives you irreplaceable and the most valuable things you will ever have that you will own, I should say. Yeah. And, and, and being able to design the time and design the event, just to piggyback yeah. on it, knowing the difference between an event and a season. Oof. Um, yes. And, 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 and understand there's a way to address them all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, 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 and that comes with maturity. Yeah. And that comes with being connected. Yeah. And never make, and you know, this is a good rules. I don't know who, who, who said this, but never make a permanent decision based on a temporary situation. Because that's how things go from bad to worse quickly. Because you're you're taking today's reality and forecasting it for the next month or year when today's reality, you won't even recognize today's reality tomorrow or next week or next month, right? Especially these days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. So So people aren't connected. I also wanted to find out what role does purpose play mm-hmm. in, in, in this particular issue of being disconnected? You know, how, how far on the, up the scale is purpose when people are feeling disconnected? I, I have to believe that it must be high. It's, major, it's very major. If you don't know what you're supposed to do. Right. Unless you understand why you exist or why something exists. Purpose yeah. means the original intent. Mm-hmm. Everything that God has created has a purpose. Mm-hmm. There are no spare parts. Right. Uh, everything in our home that we have just physically, there's yeah. a purpose for it. Even the trivial things. Yeah. Um, uh, s- some purpose is seasonal. I think I mentioned seasons before. Uh, even growing up, there's a purpose for elementary school and, yeah. and middle school and high school and post-high school education. Some careers are seasonal. And yeah. that season may last for 30 years, but it leads to something else. Uh, and some purposes are eternal, a mm-hmm. calling on your life. Yeah. Um, um, but when we have no idea of our purpose, right. We tend to again drift, and, yeah. and we, we we become ungrounded, yeah. and, and we find ourselves in places we thought I I thought I'd never be yeah. in this place or doing what I'm doing right now. So yeah. so purpose has almost everything to do with it because it is not it's not penicillin. It doesn't it doesn't stop pain from coming, but it, right. what it does, um, if you if you understand what your purpose is, even through grief, even through heartache, even through different ages. Uh, age periods in your life, yeah. you'll you'll swing back to true north. That's what purpose is in yeah. your life. And and know this: if you pursue pur- pursue purpose with reckless abandonment, meaning pursuing purpose means finding out what you were created to be to do. And and a part of I believe all of our purpose is to worship God. Now, what that looks like individually may be different. And I'm not talking the hands lifted up and and singing unto God in church. I'm talking worship God with your whole being everywhere you go in every single way. And, and, And the reality is most people do not understand that that your purpose stays there, but it may morph itself and look a little different based on the seasons. You know, my, my husband has done all types of things from uh, block parties to, to uh, what's the organization you work for and traveled around the world, Compassion, Compassion International. He's, he's owned record labels, he's owned publishing companies, and now he's a pastor. But all of those things, the thread in all of those things were 
empowering, helping people connect is spiritually uh, making the making the word real to people in different ways, reaching people with the gospel. And so I believe your purpose is there's a through line. You know, you're not you're not. I'm not faking. <laughs> it reminds me of a story. Can I tell them the story of when you were courting me? When my husband was courting me, uh, one day he says, you know, he told me, he says, hey, I want to sit down with you at some point and I want to find out what you what you want to do because, you know, I want to want to make sure I'm aware of what exactly you want to do. And so, you know, we had a date and he sat up, sat his chair and faced me in his chair. I was like, oh, I'm in a hot seat. He was like, so tell me what you want to do. And he didn't just ask me and listen. He took copious notes. My husband took notes because he wanted to know how he could emotionally and mentally support my my vision, my dream for myself and and know how to how to be able to encourage me. Who doesn't want that? But you got to know what you want in order for anybody to get on board or, or get on the train with you. You gave me a really great compliment. I don't know if you remember it, but you were commenting. I always give you compliments. I know, but it, this one was like... Um, Oh, okay. Something about ahead of me. Potential, yeah. Oh, potential, potential. Yeah. Um, one of the things about potential means that it's something that exists in possibility yeah. or able to become. And um, we were talking about just how people look at their lives. And I said, you're one of the few people that I know that have understand that potential is for different parts of your life. And you don't spend the present part of your life actually preparing to look behind you. A lot of people, when they get to a certain age and they feel that they are uh, past a certain spot in life, maybe 40 or 50, they only prepare different ways to look backwards. They never look forward. And, and Mara doesn't have that. She, she's always looking forward, always pulling um, um, up to the presence of God and say, okay, what's the next thing? And, and I remember the day when I did the notes, because I know you can do like, you know, 20 different things, literally, but there's only one or two things that we focus on that be the, that could be the major thing. Yeah. And, and I, and I know that that part of your career, and that, that's, right. the, that's the thing that I concentrate on with you. Right. Because I promise that. Yeah. Even, even learning how to, to do auditions and to read with you, yeah. which is something that is not really <laughs> my thing, but I'm probably, uh, I'm, I'm, I do pretty, pretty well at it now. Yeah. 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 So, so, so again, you got you got to know what what that is you know yeah. what that purpose is you, you know? know when you were talking about that and i and and i and i and i praise god that my husband sees me you know because um it, it it's it's really hard in life when you go through life and you don't feel seen mm-hmm. um but when you were talking about that there's a lot of people that play the oldies but the goodies i mm-hmm. call it now i love a good oldie but goodie song don't get me wrong we got playlists that go way back my husband is my master dj i dig it he makes songs for albums for my mama my sister my daddy everybody but for the people that are like, yeah, when I was in high school, man, I played football or yeah, you know, when I was, when I was in high school, I was the most popular. Yeah. When I, and I was, I was all of those things in high school, but I got stuff I did yesterday. I got stuff I did last week, last month. I got stuff I'm working on now for the future. So, so my mind, I don't have to live in the rearview mirror of my mind. I can live in the whole front window. You know, the front window is way bigger than a rearview mirror, right? So why am I going to look in this little rectangle box at what was when I've got this huge view of what can be? I've got this huge perspective of where God wants to take me. But the only way you're going to get there is for you to tap into him, the source, 
find out and know what your purpose is and then have a plan to actually walk it out, you know, and and that's a part of why people live in the rearview mirror because they don't have a plan. See those things they live, whether they had a plan or not, they lived it already. So they can go back and try to hit the groove of what was and what used to be and what people thought. What they don't realize is most of the things that they did in those days had already been planned for their lives yeah. from first Whether they grade. did it or not, yeah. whether they and, had any. And, yeah. they, and they actually were part of that plan. Yeah. And that's the power of planning. As a matter of yes. fact, that's what I would tell people, you know, what plan do you have? Right. Do you Abaca have a tutu? Mm-hmm. Better write it. Yeah. We're doing a vision board at our church, you know, for the women, because my heart's desire has been, how can I deposit things of value that will support what my husband deposits in on Sunday. You know, how can I use whatever gifts or talents and things that have worked for me uh, to, to let me see? I saw book titles before I ever became an author and I've done three books. I saw CDs before I ever published or produced a CD and I've done two. I saw films before I ever associate produced one and produced another. I saw all of these things before they came to be. You got to see it in your mind before you see it or you'll never see it. And so I work diligently to uh, make sure that I have goals, to make sure I'm constantly putting things before me um, so that I can have things to aspire and reach for. That doesn't mean I'm not content, not to be confused, with not being content, because you should be content in whatever state you're in. But I want to go to the grave empty. You know, Miles Monroe is famous for 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 saying, you know, the graveyard is full of of the most it's the most richest treasures. But I want to go to the grave empty, totally depleted, totally used up, because I understand that the worms in the dirt can't do anything with what I've got. So I'm giving it out like a crack addict on a corner. I'm giving out my talents, my gifts. And God gave me a lot of stuff. So to whom much is given, what's the word? Much is required. So I'm trying to give as much as I can out. And some people may think, oh, you're so busy or you're doing so much. If I were feeling taxed by it, then I think it was too much. But God constantly refills me. And you you know this to be uh, the truth. I don't walk around like exhausted. When I'm tired, it's a rarity. And he knows I can run on four hours or six hours or eight hours. But my energy is always kind of right here. But that's because when you do what you love, when you do what you're designed, this bottle, for example, never gets tired of being a bottle. This cup never gets tired of being a cup. This pen does not get tired of being a pen. Now it may run out of ink and this bottle may become empty because I'll drink it, but it never gets tired of being what it is no more than the grass out in front of the house. You were commenting on the grass grew back out in front of the house. Our gardener had put some stuff down to kill off some weeds or something. And it looked horrible, didn't it, babe? It looked horrible all year. We were like, this is the worst. But when the snow melted, and my husband saw it. He said, you know what? I got to tell Brother Ken what he did worked because the grass was there. God is not playing a cruel trick on you. He is not playing a cruel trick on you. There's some things you're working on and you've been striving to accomplish and you're wondering why it hasn't happened. And I can't tell you when. Jer- Pastor can't tell you when. But if he called you to it, know that it will be completed. Know that there will be a purpose in it. Now make sure he called you to it um, so that you're not blaming him for something you wanted 
versus something he called you to do. Uh, so, so it's very important that we keep that in perspective, right, sweetheart? Amen. 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 All right. I think we're going to close, but I, I got to go to just a couple of things before we close so that I can leave people with their to do's. Okay. So so in closing um, and back to that, just one little thing, I want to give a scripture for the last section that we were kind of talking about, you know, Matthew six and thirty three says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. And my husband often says, yeah, people want the stuff added, but they don't want to do the seeking. So you have to seek him first and you have to know what, what his his wishes are for your life, what his purpose is for your life so that you can then have all the things. And when it says all the things, that doesn't mean some of the things. That don't mean the things that's over here. That means all of the things. That's the wellness. That's the health. That's the all of it. So seek him and you'll get all the things. So excuse me, in closing, now that we've talked about this issue of being disconnected, what do I do to start my path to divine alignment, because that's what we want people. We want them to be aligned. Well, it, it, it goes back to the scripture you just read. Basically, you got to ask yourself, do I have a plan, mm. not just for when I was in high school, but do I have a plan for the rest of my life? Do I have short-term plans, mm. long-term plans? You go to the grocery store and buy a grocery list, mm-hmm. you tend to put a lot of things in the, in the basket you really don't need. Mm. So what do you need that fits your your, your budget, but fits your time frame? Yeah. Um, what's your next steps? And, and, and you can be real simple with it. Go yeah. back to Matthew 6 and, and 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 understand that I believe a great starting point is God's kingdom, that kind of thinking, understand the yeah. purpose, miles and role. Uh, you quoted a few minutes ago, you mm-hmm. used to talk about if you want to know something about a product, you always ask the manufacturer. Ooh. And since God is our manufacturer, Hallelujah. you would say, then God knows more about us than anything or anybody. So yes. you go back to that. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, but it says, and it's righteousness. There's a right way to live and there's a hard way to live. Oof. And so the right way to live tends to send us to the place where those other things be added to us. We as Americans, we love things, yeah. but we sometimes don't know the best things for us. So yeah. that's where I start. I always tell Things people, can become people's gods. Exactly. Cars, houses, clothes, jewelry can become your God. And you're worshiping those things. You don't even realize it, but you can look at your checkbook and find out what you, what you value. You look at your checkbook and if you give more in the, in the, in the department stores, than you do to God or more, uh, in, in, in jewelry or in cars and houses, and you're living beyond your means and constantly stressed because you got to work harder to be able to keep up the bills that you've created. That's what you're valuing. Those things become your God. Right. So, so on top of that, when it comes to the time to look at your own life, yeah. do it openly, yeah. you know, have an honest assessment of mm. where I've been, where I am, where I want to go. Yeah. Like you talked, said earlier, uh, what, is the, what is my value? Yeah. What are my goals? There, there, There's a lot of different goals, career goals, personal goals, spiritual yeah. goals. But do a what roll call. Yeah. Do yeah. a real roll call. Yeah. Don't pretend it, don't fudge it. And make sure, you know, you remember, I think I mentioned to you when I was about 30 or 33, I asked my friends to give me constructive criticism about my life. And um, I said, you know, I want to be better. I want to be the best me that I could be. I want to honor God. So if I've told you I was going to do something and I and I haven't been faithful of that and you recall it, please let me know. And for the most part, most of my friends were like, oh my gosh, leave it to you to reinvent the wheel because I told them they couldn't buy me a card. They had to, not a card with words in it. They had to write words to me. I wanted their words. I wanted their words. But I did have a couple of friends on the fray who said, why would you want bad news for your birthday? And I remember thinking, how can being the best me that I can be 
ever be bad news. But I was honest with myself, assessing myself even then, because it didn't mean that I was going to take everybody's opinion of me. What it meant is if something showed up once, that may have just been that person's opinion or perspective. But if something showed up five or six times that I didn't do, like you said you were going to do this or you didn't do then I knew it was true because five people from different circles are not going to say the same thing about me. That's not true. But that was the best growth lesson I had ever learned. And, and the, the, it caused people to seek God in order to deposit into my life. So I share with you that based on the fact that when pastor said, do an assessment, you can also ask some of your closest friends, you know, what are, if you're wondering what your gifts or your talents are, a lot of times they all know it. People around you, they know what you're good at. They know what you're talented at. They know some of the things that God, you know, has put inside of you, but you're the one that's overlooking it. Right. Well, you know, again, I think, I think you, you plugged into something and I, I, I just encourage you folks, if nothing else, just be honest. You don't have, yeah. to, you don't have to be sophisticated. You don't have to be super spooky spiritual. Just be honest with yourself yeah. in the assessment because honesty will keep you focused. Yeah. Honesty will not lie to you. No. It won't waste your time. It won't, um, it won't lead you the wrong way. It and, won't disappoint also, you. What it will do also to help you to adjust where you need to adjust. I mean, you might yeah. find yourself going down this this road or this expressway and honestly we'll say you don't have enough gas to make this trip come off on this exit right here and and get a tune-up because right now where you're wanting to go you have not you have not uh armed yourself with the tools you need to get there but if you have time and you understand what this really is it could be something very simple Mm -hmm. you know it, it could be a health issue it could be a weight issue it could be a re um, connecting issue with a family member, mm-hmm. you know, but, but the reality is, is that if you, if you actually have long-term goals, make sure you have goals you can attain in a short amount of time, the short, short-term goals. Yeah. And then you have your intermediate goals as well, but that's how life is. Even when it comes to retirement or, or that type of thing as well, yeah. the Bible talks about um, the, the righteousness of God. And, and understanding how that fits in your life and your generation during your lifetime. Uh, those are the things, like a guy like me. I mean, I don't have a lot of what they call outstanding talents. I'm a real common guy, but I have an uncommon call. And because I've been true to that, I've been able to see the world. I've been able to do things and go places and be, impre- be uh, impressive to people, uh, to make an impression on people that, I, I shouldn't even be in their space. As a matter of fact, the last Super Bowl, I got a chance to uh, sit and watch the game with uh, a Rams sweater on that the Rams gave me uh, because for a couple of years, I, I did a lot of uh, counseling work and Bible studies for, for the Rams. And uh, that, that sweater has been in my, in my closet for a while. I don't take it out because I live in Chicago. But that but I wore it me. because they rewarded me this 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 actual NFL sweater, yeah. it's like a varsity sweater from the Rams because of a workman is worthy of his hire. Gifts too, you know. It, it says in Proverbs eighteen, a man's gift will make it room for him and put him before great men. Mm-hmm. So when you are doing purpose, when you are doing the things that God has called you to do, like my husband, you 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 can be around great people. Um, and and this is for anybody. God's not a respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. You know, he grew up in the inner city in in Michigan, and I. I grew up in the inner city of Chicago and God has had me meet celebrities from Oprah to, to Terrence Howard, to Halle Berry, to whomever. But I say that because when you're, when you show up, 
and who God created you to be, he's the one that does all the increasing. He's the one that does all the opening of the doors. He just wants you to plug in to do what he called you to do so that when you do it, that then it'll be noticed. And, and not everything is, is to be noticed for show as much as it is people will be pleased with what you did. I mean, a Pulitzer Prize or, or, or those awards aren't because people are showing you what they did as much as it is people have noticed what you did. And you want to be noticed. That's right. You want to be noticed for doing God, God things. Yes. You say you're a Christian, be a follower of Christ. Is there anything else you want to add to no, this? I, I, think, I think we didn't preach the sermon. <laughs> so we want you connected. And uh, we also, because we want you connected, I want to remind you all that The Alignment is a six-part series. It's a limited six-part series. The next episode will be about mask, the mask. You know the mask we wear? So I'm going to unpack that. I cannot wait to share that information with you. If you've enjoyed this um particular episode that I've had with Pastor Jay. I hope you take the time and share it with your friends, your family. Uh, we This podcast is available everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. And I would appreciate your support, your comments, your thumbs up, and your sharing of it. Uh, Pastor Jay, yes, I appreciate you. Thank you Pleasure so much mind. for kicking off my, uh, my premiere episode of The Alignment. Consider it kicked. <laughs> Stay aligned, good people. Walk in God's wisdom, seek him and his word, and then have all those things be added unto you. God bless you. God bless you.